Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Back here on Sports Talk, Steve Geller along with Jeff Nowak and Cullen Steele running Master Control, keeping us all in line. Uh, we had a bunch to talk to uh, with... The Matt Miller of ESPN NFL Insider and Draft Analyst last hour this more getting into the Pelicans game coming up against the Miami Heat tonight. Jake Madison from the Locked On Pelicans podcast will be joining us after the first break. Uh, the ESPN NFL Network actually had a conference call on Thursday, which was yesterday, with Daniel Jeremiah, uh, one of their uh, NFL draft guys. Uh, Jeff, you are sitting there waiting forever to try and get a question, and I know. Yeah, we don't need to talk about that. <laughs> no one needs to know how the sausage gets made. But, yeah, every year Dan and Jeremiah does a, does a, um, a conference call to talk about the draft, and there's like 200 porters on there. And it's a Zoom call, right? It, it's something they – I think they started doing this this way during COVID, and it was like, oh, great idea. Let's keep doing it. I was going to say, I used to do the call and then waited to know what end of yeah, success yeah, yeah, and getting yeah, yeah. a question in, so I understand. Yeah, and you just kind of sit there and wait, and they're like, oh, it's your turn to have a question. And, and without fail, it's like the second year in a row, I've sat on there for 90 minutes and then given up. <laughs> just like, that, oh, that's a long right. time to wait, right? That, yeah, I mean, he, it's interesting to listen to. I think his takes are very, are very <laughs> good, and I think he has a lot of insight to share. But, yeah, none of my questions ever get answered. But Well, know. luckily, the advocate Saints beat writer Matthew Paris yeah. did get a chance to ask Daniel Jeremiah a question, and we cut that out. Here it is. What do you think makes a good, like, day one starter at tackle? And with the Saints, you know, missing on maybe Trevor Penning um, with Latham, is there any concern there, given the way you mentioned earlier, with kind of his eyes and stuff that he might not be a, a day one uh, starter at tackle? Um, gosh, you know, in terms of, you know, pinning specifically, you know, he was, he was so over aggressive. And I think sometimes you struggle with guys like that where the over aggressiveness itself can get you in trouble. And then you get inside your own head and you're trying to pull back. Um, and now you're, you're late on things. So now he was a kind of a tricky one there, but you know, I, I, with offensive tackles, you start with the feet. You know, do you have the feet? Can you get yourself out of a out of out of a bad situation? In other words, can you know you get beat? Can you recover enough to stay attached? Whether that's inside, whether that's outside, um, you know that type of uh, you know that that type of athleticism and footwork is kind of like the baseline. If you can't do that, you probably can't play. It um, can't hold up there. But uh, the other thing is, you know, can you can you really sit down? Can you can you can you hold your own against power? Because in the NFL, you're going to see power rushers every week. 
Um, and then your eyes, as you mentioned, you know, and are you able to see things clearly? Uh, especially now, I think you're going to see even more of it with the, you know, kind of the complexity in the college game of the Michigan defense, the complexity of the Ravens defense in the NFL. Uh, everybody's copying those schemes, which really, really challenges the eyes and the communication of the offensive line. So uh, those, you know, those skills, I think, are probably going to be even more important this year than they've been in the past. That was Daniel Jeremiah, NFL Network there. And you heard again, you know, I think when everybody brings up Trevor Penning, his feet gets that gets brought up a lot. And I don't know, how is that correctable? Uh, if you can't dance, you can't dance. Well, you know, it's interesting because how much of it is is ability versus understanding. And I, I think that's the question that you need to get answered this offseason. <laughs> and you're going to have to find out because – you know, I, I do think there's there's an ex- there's a point where it's like, okay, yeah, the physicality is is useful, but how much did that was him making up for a lack of technical understanding by just being mean to kids that were half his size, right? Uh, and and I don't know, you know, it's it's interesting, but at the same time, I don't think you're going to use that as the reason you aren't going to draft a tackle. Right, like I think you are going to let him compete for that job, and you're hoping he wins. You're hoping he wins that job, but that's not going to stop you from going after a tackle in the first round. Right, especially with the questions. Obviously, we've talked about with Ryan Ramchek. We have no idea how this knee is going to yeah. be progressing. Yeah, and and like I, I'm okay with a right tackle prospect, and you figure it out at left tackle this year. But I need at least one of those <laughs> positions to have a premium uh, contingency plan. Right. Right. Whether it's left tackle or right tackle, I need to know that, th- that the future of one of those positions is in good hands after this draft. Uh, and I sure hope you can get it. And I think at 14, you're in a premium spot to do that. Now, I'm not saying you have to draft a tackle. I would love for them to trade back. I would. It's just it's hard for me to believe that this is that that that's going to happen. But I think you are in a very good spot to trade back if one of those quarterbacks falls and someone in the back half of the draft is like, "Hey, I want this guy." Right. Let him take him. Let him do it. You know, it's funny. It's a terrible example because of how the Giants used that pick. But in 20, what, 2020, 2021, whatever, Justin Fields, uh, the Bears traded up to number 10. The Giants traded back, got a bunch of future picks, and ended up getting Kadarius Tony. Now, uh, it, now knowing what we know about Kadarius Tony, it was a terrible decision. <laughs> but the idea was is perfect. I would love for the Saints to do that because they are – I think they are – they are pick poor right now. They do not have enough draft picks, at least not premium picks. And I think it's not even about this year. I want to add picks to your to your you know war chest for next year, for two years down the road. Give me future picks and then make the picks that you have this year, right? Because that's the thing that you look at the Eagles and everyone's very – very positive about how the Eagles have operated. It's like once you have those picks and you can be creative and move around and do whatever, then you you get it. It's just life gets so much easier. It's funny you mentioned Philly because they go through the same kind of cat maneuvering that the Saints do, but they don't get any of the flack. Well, the team that is actually we're talking about is the Dolphins because the Dolphins have been doing the same thing, but they're not as good at it. <laughs> they're not as good at it. They 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 uh, they're gonna they they're gonna cut Xavier and Howard. Right, right. I saw that. Uh, the other team, the Chargers. The Chargers are – you talk about salary cap hell. Salary cap hell is when you have cap overages and no way to clear them, right? Even, you know, we can talk about, oh, the Saints, so oh, they do this, they do that. Well, the reason they manage the cap the way they do is because they planned to manage the cap the way they do, and they their cap overages are offset by the, the ability to restructure them. The Chargers, 
I think they're forty million over, and they can only like their restructure potential is like twenty five million. So like they couldn't get to cap compliance without cuts, and the and the Dolphins are doing the same thing. So like that's salary cap hell. What what people are confusing salary cap hell with is just a complicated process that they don't fully understand. But that's neither here nor there. Either way, uh, it's 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 a whole mess. And uh, I, I don't know I'm rambling. Well, hopefully we get some uh, good news coming up uh, from Jake Madison. will be joining us after this break, talking about Pelicans versus Heat. I know Zion Williamson, game time decision. We'll see if he knows any more when we get right back here on WWL. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Zion Williamson, it's not about his game. It's about how many burgers he's eating. Welcome back to Sports Talk, and happy to bring in Locked On Pelicans host Jake Madison. Uh, how are you feeling, Jake? And what did you think of Stephen A.'s ridiculous comments and today? How, and how many burgers have you had today? <laughs> he said that was not the media meal, so no burgers for me or probably anyone <laughs> in the Smoothie King Center right now. So, yeah, a little bit ridiculous given the, the game that Zion Williamson had last night. I also think they, they just announced that he is going to be playing in tonight's game as well. He was listed as questionable. It's the second night of a back-to-back. He's been healthy and playing this season. I think, you know, when it comes to Zion's season, it's about him being out there on the court. And so far, he's done that above 80% of the time this season. So whatever he's doing this year seems to be working, in my opinion. Yeah, it was one of those instances almost where you're like, tell me you're not watching the Pelicans without actually saying you're not watching the games. I, I talked to a couple people around here. I think they set the over under how many full games that uh, Stephen A. Smith has watched since, say, the in-season <laughs> tournament loss to the Lakers or the Pelicans. I think it was set at like .5 or 1.5, basically, as he watched one or two full games. I said it was probably closer to zero. But, you know, this team is playing well, right? They've won eight of their last nine games. I think they're eight and two in their last ten. They've looked really good beating some quality teams, playing some really good basketball. So this is a that we heard a number of people say around All-Star Weekend you don't really want to see in the playoffs. And, I don't know, clearly Stephen A. Smith isn't watching them. <laughs> yeah, and, I mean, you look at you look at Zion, he's played 32-plus minutes in, what, f- the last five games, and he's about to play in the second night of it back-to-back. I think he's doing okay, but, you know, I, I am curious. So, you know, the point Zion stuff, that's something that, you know, it's, it's funny. It goes back to Stan Van, right? Like, we kind of forget the Stan Van Gundy era because it was this, this short-term thing that no one really saw in person because it happened during COVID. But, you know, the, the point Zion has really kind of reemerged this year, and it seems like it's kind of given this team a shot in the arm in terms of facilitating in ways that other teams struggle to handle. I'm just curious, 
How do you kind of see that as a long-term strategy? And what is it about the Point Zion, you know, dynamic that makes it so difficult to guard? Yeah, I mean, I think when you look at what they're doing here offensively, right? Like this team at times has kind of struggled with that. And when we're, you know, trying to kind of evaluate them, though they're on pace for like a top four season in franchise history, something feels a little bit disappointing about them. Maybe it's just that they should be better than they are, even though they're a good team now. And I don't think we want to lose sight of that. And it's been that the offense is clunky and we haven't seen Zion Linson and Brandon Ingram you know, really coexist the way that you would like. They're still good. They're still winning games. That's, again, worth keeping in mind here. However, they just seem to flow a little bit better. It just seems to work a little bit better when it's kind of the Zion-centric offense. And you saw it in last night's big win over the Houston Rockets. He had the ball in his hands. I tweeted out the shot chart, you know, earlier in the day or early in the evening where they took just six shots that weren't three or inside the paint. And that type of efficiency led them to just light up the fifth-best defense in the league last night, right? Like, there was just kind of flow to what you haven't always seen from this team. And when you cut out some of those inefficient mid-range shots, you get that. You know, with Zion, it's just due to his poor gravity. I wouldn't say he's like an elite creator. He's not pulling the strings of the defense a la Chris Paul did when he was here and things like that. But when you have a guy that scores at the rim 72% of the time and is such a threat to do that and basically unguardable, teams have to commit extra resources to try and eliminate that. So that's why you see Zion getting double, triple team. Guys on two players are open, right? And you see guys like Herb Jones knocking down these shots, making teams pay for the way they're covering Zion, and it's leading to the Falcons getting some wins. And you look, Brandon Ingram's a very good player. They're better with him, but you don't see that exact same kind of offense when he's got the ball in his hands. You mentioned Brandon Ingram there. I know he's out tonight again, still dealing with that illness. Any more of an update on his status, though? It's just kind of like flu-like symptoms. He tried to kind of go yesterday got on the court did some work didn't feel too good so kind of stepped off you know he likes to be kind of 100 percent when he's out there on the court playing if this was the playoffs i'm sure he would be out there but there's time to rest right now as the pelican kind of a bit of a a couple of home games here for him to kind of get right and i think we'll see him back sooner rather than later you know this this season i think is is an opportunity for this pelicans team to really kind of prove who it is right and i think over the last few weeks, the, you know, the, the goal of this team, it feels like, you know, you've made the play-in tournament the last two years. This is the year that you really have to take a step forward and, you know, make sure you're sitting at home for that weekend. And and so as this team kind of faces the last, you know, the home stretch of the season, the NBA is kind of interesting because the All-Star weekend is kind of, it's not halfway through the season, you know, it's about three quarters of the way through the season. And so you have really have a home stretch here where this team can either make that statement and to lock down the fifth or the sixth seed, maybe even come up to four if the you know the a couple teams lose some games. But you know, how do you see this team approaching it from a mentality standpoint? What's the messaging going to be for this team as it kind of stares down that home stretch? Yeah, that's actually a really great question. I think it's still kind of up in the air exactly what they want to do. They've kind of stated their goal. Head coach Willie Green said this the other day, that the goal is to avoid the play-in tournament, if the sixth seed or better. And they're doing that right now. Again, they're winning games. They're winning about games. So you're not necessarily going to see them, I think, make some tweaks, some changes, because why mess with success? But at the same point, it doesn't feel like this team has been a dominant team. They've won four in a row right now. But we haven't seen them rip off 10 wins in a row, kind of one of those stretches where they look unstoppable and teams, you know, people in the media start to call them like a dark horse title contender. I don't know if we're going to see that. So I think right now 
they're content just to get into the playoffs and kind of evaluate, you know, going into the offseason and next season, whatever happens from all of that, right? We've never seen Zion and Brandon Ingram in the playoffs together. We don't know how they work well. I think they just really want to kind of experience that, get kind of some of the data points from that so it can inform what they want to do this offseason when it seems like they're going to make a bigger move and then try and make that kind of dominant push next season. So I wouldn't be shocked if they just try and kind of – keep doing what they're doing, winning games, and have a good season from it. Jake, obviously this matchup tonight against the Miami Heat, always tough on a back-to-back, but for whatever reason, the Heat have had the Pelicans number. Uh, how's this one shaking out? I know that Jimmy Butler is available tonight. Yeah, you know, this is one of those ones that's going to be tough for the Pelicans, I think, right? Like, they struggle with some more physical teams. The Miami Heat, with the Heat culture they have, are always physical. You know, I thought in the win over Houston last night, New Orleans kind of came in with the right mentality. We've seen them play down to their level of competition at times, not really be up for games at times, it seems. The starters come out with a little sluggish. They didn't have that last night, which was something that I was not really expecting. So if they come in with that sort of mentality, I think they can really be competitive in this game. Finding a way to shut down Jimmy Butler is obviously going to be important. Herb Jones was outstanding last night. I think he's in store for hopefully another big game. And if they can do that, you know, the Miami Heat are a little bit banged up. They've been up and down at times this season. I think this is a very winnable game for the Pels. Always appreciate the time, Jake. Enjoy the game. I hope it is a wild one. I know the arena uh, was pretty rocking last night. Yeah, the the crowd's been kind of into it recently, so hopefully we have a good one in the Smoothie King Center tonight. Appreciate you, Jake. Thanks. Thanks, For all things Pelicans, subscribe to Locked On Pelicans on the Odyssey app, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Going to take a break. Be right back with more sports talk. Right after this on WWL. Getting closer to that 7 p.m. tip-off in the Smoothie King Center. Miami Heat taking on the New Orleans Pelicans. Looking for their fifth straight victory. Unfortunately, the LSU baseball team could not pick up a sixth straight win. Tigers now 5-1 and one after falling to Stony Brook 5-2. to two. Head coach Jay Johnson, here's what he had to say after the game. Yeah, um, you know, a couple thoughts without... Um, divulging too much i thought uh their pitcher was good we knew that coming in there was no question about that um i thought we did a great job in the first and the second inning of we ran the pitch count in the first inning he was at 33 pitches um he did some nice pitches to jones to finish that inning and then uh the second inning was great got a couple guys on got a bundle uh, to get him over paxton with two strikes hit a bullet um the guy misplayed um kind of got him on the ropes again there and um, would have been good to maybe push one more across. The third inning was the problem uh, in the game because we'd made him work really hard and then we kind of undermined that work by having like a seven or eight pitch inning right there um, and allowed him to kind of get his confidence back and you don't want to do that to a good pitcher but then in, you know, uh, for Thatcher it, it forced him out to the mound pretty fast and I think that's where we gave up the, the one run right there. He sort of lost command a little bit but um, yeah, that's where I'd start. As far as, uh, you know, the left-hander, we were got the leadoff guy on twice and just didn't follow it up with, with very good at-bats. And so we got to be a little more committed to uh, our plan, got to have a little better plan, and, um, you know, we'll have to go back to work on that. There was no secret in England this year that you, you guys didn't quite have the, you know, I guess, the, the, for lack of a word, the veteran juice that you guys had last season quite at the plate just just – 
You know, I, I don't think it has to be. Um, you know, I'm, I'm certainly not going to sit here and tell you that that's the way we want it to be. Um, I think, you know, th- those things are natural in baseball because they're very experiential. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't say that. I wouldn't, I wouldn't hold us down with that. You mentioned the, the approach and maybe it wasn't there today. You know, what things are you looking to um, I, You know, a, a lot. You know, honestly, again, I think at the start of it, it was now that was clearly the best pitcher we've seen through six games, like not even close. And, um, you know, I think um, they were on, we were on it in the first inning, you know, good at bat by, really good at bat by Tommy, and then he hit it into the wind. Um, and then a really good at bat by um, Hayden, and then a really good at bat by Brady. And then we just didn't quite cash in there. But the next inning was, was solid. Um, you know, I think off the, the left-hander, it felt like we were right there. And, uh, and then we weren't. And again, like, you know, this was another day where the park was not conducive to offense. And um, I think our team is, has a chance to play a style of baseball that's capable of winning no matter what okay i don't think we did a good job of that today and um we'll we'll get them lined for that better you know going into a game like this um going forward we haven't seen many days like this or like last saturday in the two years i've been here we got to be better at that how would you evaluate griffin's performance i thought he was way better this week than he was last week um you know i don't know if he got a little tired or you know, I left him in the game too long there in the eighth. But uh, prior to that, came right in, got a double play, got a clean inning, got a clean inning. So um, that was great to see. And uh, we really need him uh, to be a good pitcher for our team this year to be successful. And I think that was a step in the right direction. And a uh, similar question with Thatcher. Yeah, I um, we struck out a lot of guys today. I think uh, limiting the damage in the second inning was a real positive. And then we left him in to get out of the the mess there and he did and so you know my expectation you know is that um you know when you're going up against a pitcher of that caliber to give us a chance to win you want to get to six innings or at least start the sixth and uh give up three runs or less and he did that in terms of the three runs or less um got a little help from griffin there in the fifth so um, I think it's something to build off of. I thought he's in command of himself. I think Sonia Brooke did a good job, you know, um, hitting some low line drives and, and playing to the day. And um, that was probably the difference. With Sam Dunn kind of following that up, it looks like his mentality. I just wanted to pound the strike zone, be aggressive. I know it didn't work out for him, and that kind of ball hit down the line. It felt like it was more of a good piece of hitting. Yeah, probably. I, I think at some point, um, you give credit to the opponent there. Um, no problem with his pitch execution, you know, throughout the, the two innings he ended up pitching. You seemed upset about something after Jared Jones hit that deep fly ball left field. Yeah, I, th- I think it, we were in between the two right things, if that makes sense. Either go as far as you can if you think they're going to drop the ball, like maybe even two second base, and if it drops, then you're on your way to third. Or... If he catches it, you're, if they're so far out there, you're going to come back. Or since Brady came back and tagged, I think you stay with the tag. And if he just stays with the tag, uh, Coach Wanaka is a very good first base coach. He told Jared to stop. If he stays with the tag, I mean, he's walking the second base right there without deep. So I just feel like we were in between 
uh, two plays. And his thought was, well, I thought he was going to drop it. I was like, okay, well, that's fine. you got to stay with what we chose to do. And um, uh, we'll talk. We talked about it already after the game. Uh, we just basically just broke down the things that we want to do better after the game, and that was obviously on there. That's an where you got a lead guy on and, like, three hard hit balls in a row. I yeah, that. and that's how you lose games. If you make a mistake like that, you know, the hard hit balls at people, they come back and they don't turn into runs. you got to run the bases, smart and aggressive, and you got to stack some of those at-bats together. And um, we just didn't do that. What's the uh, thought process of uh, pinch-hitting Brown for Braswell there making him go left-hitting? Yeah, he hits left-handers well, um, you know, and, um, you know, just a, a spark. Um, you know, Jake's going to compete, not that Michael isn't. Uh, just thought he had fresh legs and, um, you know, wanted to give him a little different look. You know, sometimes changing the pitcher's sights makes him struggle with command a little bit. Uh, Brady had gotten a hit during the game, and... Um, you know, I didn't feel like I didn't feel like he was necessarily tougher on our lefties than our righties. It's a good day to play for Paxton. Yeah, it was. Um, I guess what kind of progress do you want to see from him from the offseason that's sort of translating into? Yeah, I think uh, it was a good game for him today. You know, I appreciate you bringing that up. Um, you know, just competitive at bats and move the offense type at bats. He certainly got a lot of tools and. That line drive he hit, which if the guy didn't miss it, it would have been a sack fly for one run instead of two runs. Um, but I thought that was a big moment, especially after swinging at such a poor pitch with one strike, you know, to get himself back in the at-bat and uh, competitive and uh, hit a hard line drive and then, you know, got on base a couple more times after that. And you like to see that, you know, him getting on base three, three or four times. I know you mentioned the quick inning that then also kind of the approach thing. How do you balance being aggressive but also kind of, you know, maintaining a, you know, a deep, getting the deep counts? Yeah, it's it's our specialty, honestly. I mean, it's don't swing at balls. You know, always you're ready for the mistake and, and hit the mistake when you get it. You get to two strikes, you battle. There was also a stretch in there where we struck out four times in a row that I did not think was very good. Um, and, you know, maybe to your point or your question at the beginning, you know, that's part of the – the growing process, um, not from a lack of effort from those guys, for sure. Um, and, um, you know, we'll just make sure that we're we're tighter on it. Would you, would you say with Thatcher, do you think he's at his best when his slider is really going? I think it's when he's, yeah, throwing just multiple pitches for strikes and you catch the hitter in between pitches and they don't. If you're around the plate with fastballs and breaking balls, um, you create a point of stress and the hitter has to make a decision every pitch and if if you spray one of them or you lose one of them then good hitters eliminate pitches and then they can sit on one thing and that ultimately makes them better and with part of the and with part of the idea of uh, pitching Griffin in the eighth was it just to try to extend him no I just think he was great I don't think he'd allowed a base runner and um, you know they weren't maybe as comfortable as they were in the box uh, earlier in the game and um I didn't see any signs of slowing or tiring, and um, so that's why we started them. Thank you. Thank you. LSU baseball coach Jay Johnson following the Tigers 5-2 to two loss to Stony Brook. That's just one of a few they'll have this season, obviously. They'll be back on the horse tomorrow, uh, get back on the field 1 o'clock first pitch, back playing Northern Illinois, who they were able to beat on Thursday. I'll be interested to see how the Tigers respond to this one, obviously. I know Jay Johnson not happy about any loss. 
Yeah, you know, I, I always think Jay's approach is interesting because he, you know, he's kind of the new, the newfangled, uh, new wave approach of, you know, these baseball teams that talk about time of possession, right? Like time of possession is a stat that, you know, you talk about in football, right? He, he's like, okay, how long did you have the ball on offense? How long did you keep their defense on the field? You know, uh, Wake Forest was big into this last year. They have analytics people. And Jay feels the same way. It's like when you can keep their pitcher out there for an extended period, particularly after an inning that they struggled, right? Like you you don't want to go out and have an eight give that pitcher an eight-pitch inning when he's on the ropes, right? You need to make them work and, yeah. and, and extend counts. And I just don't – and based on what Jay said, and obviously we didn't get a chance to really watch a lot of this game. But that's what it sounds like he was most frustrated with was – they didn't do that to the level that he expects them to. They didn't see enough pitches. They didn't make the pitcher work, hmm. and they let him get into a rhythm, and and that's how you end up going. You know, yeah, I think they went the final what seven innings of that game. They didn't score a run. They had two two runs in the second or third inning, and then they got blanked the rest of the way. So you know, and, and again, it's like I think this is a team that's just it's got to figure out its identity without Dylan Cruz. Dylan Cruz would erase so many <laughs> things because he was just that much more talented than everyone else around him you don't have that guy this year you have a lot of really talented players but you don't have that superstar anchoring your lineup wherever he batted like you do last year no that was definitely the big talk of how elite the pitching would be this season but there was going to be some questions with the bats uh cullen sent me this uh tweet from andrew lopez uh dealing with the pelicans since january 23rd the pels have averaged 1.46 points for per possession when zion williamson brings the ball up the court that's the best efficiency amongst all players to bring the ball up for 100 plus possessions during that span per second spectrum tracking that's pretty wild to think. Like you mentioned, yeah, it's like. But how many hamburgers did he eat during that time? <laughs> That's the real question. It's not about his game. It's about how many cheeseburgers he eats. I think that, you know, Stephen A. just being that, you know, typical screaming, talking head, trying to get them clicks, trying to get more attention, whatever it is, uh, it was just it's just too easy to pick on yeah. Zion because of his weight. Colin, and- can we hear it? Can we hear it one more time <laughs> before we go to break? Do you have it? Zion Williamson, it's not about his game. It's about how many burgers he's eating. It's about how many burgers he's eating. Boom, insert sponsor. Zion gets more sponsorships right there. Thank you. Zion, sponsored by Small Slider. We need to connect Zion with Drew Brees and get him in on this. I know they're good buddies, right? But they're small burgers, so maybe that's how we get around it. Instead of, you know, eat some sliders, you can have eight, and it's like one burger. I'm just saying it's Stephen A. approved. We've got our own ad department here now on WWL. We'll be back with more Sports Talk, though, right after this here on WWL. Well, LSU baseball fans, the Tigers, like we just talked about, now 5-1 and one on the season. Tomorrow, the Tigers will take on Northern Illinois. One pregame will start 1230 on the bet, 92.9 FM and 105.3 AM, and also on the Odyssey app. Sunday's rematch with Stony Brook will be 1 o'clock right here on WWLAMFM.com and live on the free Odyssey app. Uh, looking forward to, obviously, the Pels coming up against a tough Miami Heat squad. Uh, no, it'll be a big defensive matchup. And anytime you see have Jimmy Butler in town, uh, it's definitely trouble for these Pelicans, this squad. I agree. Jimmy Jimmy Buckets. Hey, Jimmy, Jimmy Buckets. Buckets. You know, it's funny. Uh, last year in the playoffs, uh, Grant Williams, who was on the Celtics, who was during that seven-game series, the Celtics came back and lost in Game 7. And I remember vividly there was a moment that Grant Williams was like, oh, I'm going to go after Jimmy Butler. And, like, get in his face. And 
everyone and, and like because Grant Williams is an instigator, and normally you'd be like, oh yeah, yeah, they're fine, like you know. But then uh, you know, at the same time, I was like, stop, stop, you don't piss Jimmy Butler off, don't make him mad. He's only gonna get better. <laughs> like this is not the guy you want to make angry. Like he's better when he's angry. As the old saying goes, "Don't poke the bear." Yeah, you want him disinterested. It's the same thing with LeBron. Like I want LeBron to be bored. I don't want LeBron to feel like he has any motivation to throw me on the train tracks and let me just get decimated. Uh, So yeah, anyway, uh, Jimmy Butler is just—he's—he's just—he's a psycho, right? Like he's a crazy person. In, in the most effective possible way. And that's why he's a, an NBA star. Like, he came into the NBA, no one thought he was going to be an elite player. He is he, he got elite out of spite. Um, and, uh, and that's where we are. But, yeah, I mean, he's a guy that will just drive you insane when you're like, ah, oh, we got it. We're, we got this covered. And then he'll just go off in the fourth quarter. So um, I just will never forget that. Like, Grant Williams was in his face and everyone was like, stop, what are you doing? Anyway. You mentioned that. I had to look up real quick what Kevin Durant did last night just because of the quick fan yeah, interaction he yeah. had walking onto the court. Just a 23-point performance. Uh, ended up losing to the Dallas Mavericks last night. It was very funny, though, because the what really kind of sent him away in disgust was the guy being like, I have a sports podcast. He was like, get out of here. <laughs> I will say, though, security was supposedly ran up to the couple and was about to throw them out, and then Durant went back up to the security guard and said, no, let him stay. Yeah, I mean, throwing him out would have been That was a, right, really lame. Kill. So I give him credit for there and like if he had just walked by it would have never been like i think that kd did the right thing there because if he had just you know let it kind of roll off his back then there would have never been a thing and he wanted to be like tell him not to anyway i'd stop yelling at athletes like just you're there to enjoy the experience stop treating them like subhuman well it's amazing when you don't expect all of a sudden they're going to turn around and respond right back well because that's right right everyone assumes they're not going to and then they do and it's like oh okay now stand on your business here what are you doing anyway that's a wrap on today's sports talk thank you everyone for tuning in steve geller jeff nowak cullen Steele, saying good night who that go saints talk to you later we get it attention spans just aren't what they used to be heads in social media and eyes on netflix but what do people do with their ears well for one they're listening to audio americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day oh and you want the proof well you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds what could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds let odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs advertise with odyssey visit ads.odyssey.com